and y'all can turn in your Bibles and we'll pray here. You can turn to Romans chapter 10. Uh, we'll start there. Amen, Joshua. We good to go? Just give me a thumbs up. All right, very good. Well, we welcome everybody that's here today, and we welcome all of those that are watching uh, on live stream, either now live. Uh, let us know if you're watching live. Josh is monitoring things, um, and he's bored. So just say hi to Josh and keep, give him something to do. <laughs> uh, or if you're watching later during a replay, please let us know. Uh, if you're watching that way as well, just want to know who we're reaching and uh, who this is touching. Uh, but if you'll turn in your Bibles again to Romans chapter 10, Father, we love you so much. So grateful to be here today. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your goodness and your mercy, your compassion to us. And Lord, we just come to learn together as a church family. So Holy Spirit, teach us uh, in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. So last week, again, we're still talking and looking at the journey of Israel and how the journey of Israel is for us today. As it says in 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 10, when it said that everything that happened to Israel was given as an example to us who live at the end of the age. So that's why we're revisiting this. And just again, there's two things that really stood out. I mean, we could walk through that whole story and I encourage you, if you're watching here or here, they're present, to do the study, walk through the journey of Israel and look at all that happened with that in mind and ask the Holy Spirit to show you uh, what that looks like for where you are in our life today. Uh, but the two things that really jumped out uh, that we're going to really cover as we do this series or whatever you want to call it, uh, is what we've been saying that God is committed to the death of your doubt. And what an amazing thing it is that we can hear the voice of God. So God is committed to our doubt and what an amazing thing it is to hear the voice of God. So here Romans chapter 10, and we're going to launch out from here. And go into this. Uh, we've said it a number of times. We're going to start in verse 17 or just read verse 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So let me just ask. So how does faith come? Not, not ever. Thank you. Thank you, Kurt, for that, that thunderous answer. Let's try one more time. So how does faith come? How does it come? Right, so only so faith comes by hearing, or we can say it like this: hearing produces faith. Right, and then it says, "And hearing by the word of God." Right, so how does hearing come? By hearing this, very no trick questions. I'm just trying to get y'all engaged here this morning. So, so again, so how does faith come? By hearing. And so how does hearing come? By the word of God. And guys, listen, this is very important. Jesus, and I didn't look it up. I just thought about it right now. Jesus said in, in his life when he was alive, things he said, be careful what you do. And then at the same time, he said this, he said, and be careful how you hear. So Jesus said, be careful what you hear and how you hear. So the what means content is important. As we said last week, so how does doubt come? By hearing. So doubt and faith come from the same place. Faith comes by hearing. 
Doubt also, because guys, do you understand that doubt is simply negative faith? Faith in negative things. <laughs> yeah, well, it's still believing. It's not believing what you doubt is believing something. So, so I say that we all are believing constantly. Every day when we get up, we are all exercising belief. We are all exercising, walking. We are literally just, we are living by faith. Now, what I mean by, we are living by believing. Mm -hmm. That's right. All right. Right. Now, again, the challenge is, is, is again, I mean, y'all heard me say this before, if I get my life, and I'm real honest, and this is sometimes the hard part, right? Yes. I have to look at my life and go, whatever I'm experiencing today, I must believe. Yeah. Because it's what's happening. It didn't come by accident. It didn't come out of nowhere. But it came from what I actually believe. Does that make sense? Now, we call it doubt, as Kurt said, we call it doubt when we don't believe truth, we call that doubt. But I just want to make sure it's still believing. It's just believing lies. It's, it's just believing something that's not true. Yes. Because sometimes I've run into people as we've tried to help people over, over the years of ministry, and they'll say things like, oh, well, I can't believe. Or it's hard to believe. Or this whole faith thing is hard. This faith thing's, and I'm like going, N -n -n it's not because you're doing it right now. Right. Because, believing because I'm believing something and that belief is governed. I love what Brother Doug Jones taught us at Raymond. And that belief is governing what I think, what I say, and what I do. Yeah. But it is doing something, and I am believing. Does that make sense? And I want to make that clear because, see, so then how does faith come? By hearing. From hearing. How does hearing come? The Word of God. Right. So the Word of God produces proper hearing. Yeah. That's right. Good. And therefore, proper hearing produces Bible faith or kingdom faith. Very good. I like that. Very good. You'll see that. So then if I can look at my life and I'm like, man, I need to grow in my faith or I need to grow in this area. What do I go do? I go look at the Bible, right? I go, more. I go hear it one more time. Right. Again, I'll, I'll say that it came to mind. Remember, we've talked about it a number of months ago, the, the story of David and Goliath. So you remember that day, David was just living his life. He was just, I mean, I'm picking Miss Alette. He was just door dashing, right? He was just delivering stuff, right? And he happens to show up in the middle of a challenge. And remember, he heard something. He heard there was a reward. And if you read the story three times, he said, tell me one more time, what happens to the guy that kills this giant? Right. What happens to the person who does this? I get a girl, I get no taxes, and I think I get money. He gets something. I mean, there was like three things he was going to get. But the point was, David said, tell me one more time. I need to hear that one. I need more to time. hear it one more time. Mm -hmm. What's going to happen? 
what's the risk in believing? What's the reward for the risk of believing? Does that make sense? Right. And 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 so I just want to say that because faith and doubt come from the same place. Yeah. Right. It comes from hearing. Amen. Does that make sense? Amen. So now go to Deuteronomy chapter four. That's a very good foundation right there. So just to want to lay this foundation because guys, listen, like we said before at the end of last week. So then if I have doubt in my life then I need to, as Jesus said, to remove doubt, I fast and pray, or I take a time to focus. Mm -hmm. I take a time where I'm going to cut some voices out, and I'm going to focus on what the truth of the Word of God is. Why? Because the Word will produce proper hearing, and proper hearing will produce proper believing, our real believing, our true believing, right? And so that is simply what it is. That means when I'm looking at life and I'm like, what do I need to do? I, I need to listen again. Mm -hmm. I need to focus my attention again on the Word of God, on what God is saying to me. Now here, Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 32, this is part of the story of Israel. And I'm going to read it from the New Living Translation so you can follow along. It says this, Now search all of history from the time God created people on the earth until now, and search from one end of the heavens to the other. Has anything as great as this ever been seen or heard before? Verse 33, Has any nation ever heard the voice of God? speaking from the fire as you did and survived. Wow. Now, this one, I was reading this story. You hear what, again, what Moses is saying. And I want you to imagine, go over all of human history. Let's just do that. So in your imagination, I know that's easier for like my Savannah. She's a history buff, right? But think about all of human history. Mm -hmm. Think about the great things that have happened in human history. You know, we might sit there and say, somebody invented the wheel. That's pretty cool, huh? Yes. <laughs> right. We come on forward. Somebody invented somebody invented Coca-Cola. Right? Some southerner out there made sweet tea. Uh-huh. Come on, I'm trying to get y'all to laugh just a little bit this uh -huh. morning. You know, they invented somebody invented a Ford F1. So think about the great things of human history. Right? Again, now on a series of things like, you know, we won World War II. Mm-hmm. Right. We think about great things that were accomplished. And here God says this. He says, hey, listen, I challenge you, search all of human history. And is there anything greater than God talking to you? Wow. So that's bigger than putting a, a man on the moon. It's bigger than putting a man on the moon. Right. Yeah. It's bigger than all. I mean, we can think here. God is saying, hey, listen, I want you to search. I want you to think about all of human history. And there's nothing greater than when God talks to you and I. When God speaks to you, and, and, and this has been ringing in my ears, whenever God speaks to you, I want you to think this is the greatest thing in human history. It That's just right. happened right now. That's right. God just communicated with me. That's right. God just spoke to me. That's the great. Now, why do we think that's so great? Because literally that action of hearing 
produces faith. Mm-hmm. And faith can literally move mountains. Mm-hmm. It can literally change things. It can literally yes. transform not just your life, but it can transform the world. Yes. Praise God. If I can just talk to yeah. young people for a moment. Let's just break this down and bring it to life, okay? So let's say, for example, there's some area of your life you're not thrilled with. I don't know. I know when we're going through teen years, it might be our skin, our height, our strength, our whatever. You you name it. Maybe there's something that you're not really excited about that's happening right now in your life. Well, according to what we're hearing, then you A, you don't let those things define you. Those things are a voice but that's not going to bring the the truth to yeah. you. It's not going to bring transformation. So um, let's just say, for example, I know I had I had another child that sometimes had issues with you know face acne or whatever. Okay, well you need to go to the Word and say what's this truth about me? Because if not, you start allowing those things that you don't like yeah. to actually define you. So you go back to the Word and you go. What does the word say about me? Well, the word says that I'm made whole. The word says that I'm healed. The word says that he finds me beautiful. Very good. The word says he finds me, uh, you know, acceptable, beloved. The word says, and you keep going back to that. And so if you want to change something in your life, it's not the try harder thing. Make better choices. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That's not what this is all about. If you want to change something, if you want to see something transformed, then you go back to the word and go, okay, what does that say? And then you couple that with, ooh, and I, I hear God's voice on that. So if God needs, to, if you know, I'm open and I'm asking mm. about this one situation, what do I need to hear from you right now? The fact that you can hear his voice about that thing right now, right? Let's say that there's a subject that you don't do well with, like math or language or, you know, writing or whatever. Well, you go to the word. And you say, Lord, what do you say about me in that area? Very good. What 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 is the importance of of all of this that I'm trying to study and that I don't understand? But what does the word say? And coupled with that, your immediately step two is, and I want to hear your voice on this. Yeah. I need to hear what you're saying on yes, this. Very good. And then you'll see transformation. It's not just try harder, make better choices. Let's do that one more time. Yeah. That's frustrating. And if you don't get a handle on it now as young people and as kids, trust me, it doesn't necessarily get better when you're in your 30s, 40s, 50s. If you're still going, well, I just got to try harder. I just got to do that one more time. I just got to make better choices. That's not the root of transformation. It's the word, what the word says about that. And then step two, I need to hear God's voice on that. Yes. Very good. Then you'll experience true transformation. Very good. Well, because again, so faith comes by hearing. Now, again, I'm not an English person. I'm not very so it, let's define hearing. Is hearing is it past, present? What is it? Somebody help me. Huh? It it's current. Now you know that. So what is hearing? It's a like I know it's the, the I am I'm sorry. The, I think it's the, called present participle because it's the I am hearing. You have the am and the ing ending yeah. on it. So it's this perpetual, perpetual thing that you are doing right Constant. now, constantly. So does it, so it's so hearing because I think this is it's not I heard it one time. Exactly. Or I've heard it before. 
but literally God's saying, he's saying it comes by perpetually, continually hearing mm-hmm. the truth. That's right. About who Jesus is. That's right. And who you are. That's right. Amen. Does that, how does faith come? It comes by hearing, right? How does hearing come? By, do you see so you hear the source of truth? The, so, so it's perpetually listening to the word of God constantly. And those things build and grow what we call faith on the inside of us. Does that make sense? It grows an understanding of what is truth. And again, it governs and it does is it governs what we think, what we say, and what we do. Right? All faith, and and I just want to make sure this is clear. See, because you and I were created by a being, God, who is a faith being. Faith isn't just a concept that's outside of God, just like love isn't. Mm -hmm. It's who God is, right? Because God framed, it says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3, it says, and God literally, when he built the creation, he framed it. With faith. He yes. framed it with his word. Yes. Amen. He framed it with this process, right? Of this is just how life operates. This is just how things go. Now, let's be honest. How many of you ever struggled with this process? Amen. Everybody got their both hands and a foot. I think it was that step one, step two. Yeah. Like, and I thought it was... It, I think as a woman, sometimes we connect this to that, to that, and that, and we overcomplicate what is actually happening. Yeah. When in reality, if you step back, you go, oh, what does the word say? And I need to hear God's voice. On That's that. right. Like, it's just that simple. Yeah. And, and so this, I say that to say that, A, all of us are going to grow in this our whole life. Here. Yes, absolutely. No one is ever going to have arrived mm-hmm. and to say, da, 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 I've got it all figured out. Right. I'm perfect in faith. I'm perfect in this whole thing. But what I want to paint the picture of is, is guys, listen, but that is how we live every day. Mm-hmm. What we believe governs our whole life. It pushes, it drives, it moves, it, it truly does. And so what we have to do is to be honest with ourselves and to look at life and go, okay, Lord, what are you saying and what is truth? Identify anything. And if I can identify it and go, okay, that's not truth, but I still believe it. <laughs> and I've been there, still there, right? I know that's not true. I know that's a, I know that's a lie, but I, but I know I'm believing in that lie. Now, we don't beat ourselves up when we see that. Just we make don't, better choices. Yeah, we don't just go make better choices. Because, I mean, how many of you, we've all gone to churches as just, that's what it is. Yeah. Just do better. Anybody ever had that before? Smell the ketchup. We yeah. just got to do better, Brad. Just, you just, just got to, you got to make a better choice. You got to do, and and where that is mechanically true, it's how we fail. Because I, well, because, well I'm focusing on, I got to just do better instead of I've got to believe truth. Before I can do better, I have to believe truth. Yeah. Does that does that help? So that and I say that, so how do I change that truth? 
is I just come back again to the Bible. Mm-hmm. I tell them, I, I'll tell a, a funny thing. So I was with the kids this week, and we were doing a Bible time around the table as we as we do, and and we were reading through our chronological Bible and the stories of Jesus. And and this is funny. And and we're reading where the angel Gabriel appears to Mary and is telling Mary what God's going to do. And I don't know why, but it, like it hit me. And I, I remember going. I remember stopping, and the kids were, and I said, "Guys, listen, was real." Y'all aren't chuckling as much as that. But that's literally what came. It hit me like, that was real. That was a real angel with a real message talking to a real... And and I mean, I I didn't believe it before. Sure, I've believed that passage my whole life. But I heard something one more time. Yeah. And something strengthened faith that, wow, that... Does that does that help? And see, guys, that's what we're reading towards. So go to Hebrews chapter eleven, because I do want to get somewhere as we've established this and start looking at things. Then, so Hebrews chapter eleven, verse six. We looked at it a few weeks ago. So again, so faith comes by what? Hearing. Hearing, and hearing comes by what? Right. So then in Hebrews eleven six it says, but without faith, it is impossible to please God. Now, can we just do a little bit of fun? Have you ever thought about this? Without that process that we just talked about, we can't please God. Hmm. Or in other words, what we just read in that process that I'm hearing the word and in the action of hearing faith is that process is what pleases God the most. Amen. The most pleasing activity we can do. How many of you want to please God? Then this is how you please God. Do you understand it's not by being a good little boy or being a good little girl only? That's right. Come on, I got... Yeah. Going to faith, I mean, going to church doesn't please God on its own. That's right. But what pleases God is this process of I'm constantly coming to you and I'm constantly hearing of your truth. I'm constantly letting that truth build proper faith in me. And that action pleases God. The most pleasing thing we can do is hear the word of God and let it build faith on the inside of us. So then what does that look like? He says, so without faith, it's impossible to please God because the one that would come to God must believe, and it says that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So if I want to come to God, I must believe two things. Who is he? And what will he do because of who he is? So if I want to hear something and build faith, what am I trying to hear? Who he is and what he will do because of who he is. And again, I'm all about identity. And so please hear me. We'll never get away from identity. But in reality, I need to hear more about who God is than I need to hear about who I am. That's good. 
Again, is it is it important to know who I am? Absolutely, as it pertains to Him. Yes, if we but, have that part in place, mm-hmm. who we are stems from that. Absolutely, we can't put that first. We have to put who God is first, because then out of that, you know, our children don't go and try to find out who they are without no. us. They yeah. find out who they are because of us and through us, constantly reminding them. But this is because this is who we are. Yeah. But, but, and again, please hear me. I know I'm, I'm kind of skirting a line that can get me blackballed in our camp of people, (laughs) right? Is this is, but understand that finding out who I am does not build faith. (laughs) Come on. How so? Because I don't have faith in me. Who do I have faith in? God. Yeah. So now, is it important again? But is it important that I know who I am because of God? Absolutely. That helps me know who I am. It helps me have proper perspective of me. But proper perspective of me doesn't build faith. It it builds identity. But faith is built when I know who He is. And and who he will, what he will do because of who he is. Yes, very good. Yes. This is important, right? Again, because I think in our camp, in our kind of word of faith, kind of charismatic camp, we have, and it's good, we've slid over to, I've got more faith in my, my identity than I do in his identity. Yeah, we just had to get some revelation. We went to get some revelation, and, and the yeah. pendulum might have swung. So it's we're okay. We'll just swing it back. Yeah. Like, okay, everything in its place. Everything in its. But yeah. I just want to say that to go listen, guys. But as we are living through life, and I want us so persuaded Absolutely. in who He is. Yes. Remember, that's what it says in Romans chapter four, verse twenty-three. It says, "In Abraham, being fully persuaded mm-hmm. that the one who promised." He was able to perform what he promised. Notice it does not say that Abraham was persuaded in the promise. Yeah. Nor was it he persuaded in who he was as the friend of God. It says, finally, one day, Abraham became fully persuaded. And again, I'm going to pick on me. God's real. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, yeah. He will do what he said he will do, and it ain't got nothing to do with me. It's got everything to do with who he is. Does that make sense? Yes, amen. Good. Very good. Because, listen, because... I'm trying to make sure we do, because who he is is more important than who I am. And what he will do because of who he is is more important than what I will do. And when I'm persuaded in who he is and what he will do, then as I know who I am because of that, and then I know exactly what to do. I know how to think. I know how to speak. I know how to act. Why? Because I know him. I just know who he is. 
Does that make sense? So let's go ahead and we're going to start looking at this. So go to, uh, please, to Genesis chapter 22. And so for, I don't know, I mean, maybe all the way through the balance of this year, I've been wanting to get to this point. We're going to be looking at some, not all, but some of the names of God. And so again, based on Hebrews 11, right? Because if I'm going to come to God, what are two things I must believe if I'm going to approach God in relationship? We just read. He is. Who he is. Come on, guys. And and, he is what? And what he will do. He's a rewarder. Right again, I know we've done this before as we've talked about faith in the past. So I'm just going to kind of do yes. a little bit like teaching this way. So again, if I want to come to God for anything, if I want to come to God in relationship, if I want to come to God for whatever reason, I must believe and say that he is and that he will do things based on who he is. Yes. So if I'm coming to God, what must I believe? That he is. Who he is and he'll do things based on who he what is. What he will do based on who he is. So again, I know this is repetitive. Bear with me. Bear those why. So if I'm coming to God, what must I believe? Who he who is. Who he is and what he will yes. do because of who he is. And those two beliefs are what please God. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. So then for our whole life, we will be constantly learning more about who he is absolutely, and what he will do because of who he is, that he will reward us based on who he is. Yes. It. That's awesome. I mean, it's based on who he, he is, is, not who Notice he does say, and he will reward you based on you. you. Oh, hallelujah. Aren't you glad? Hallelujah. How is he going to reward you? Based on who he is. Based on who he is. Man. That's awesome. Amen. So if I find out who he is, then I will know beyond the shadow of a doubt what he will do for me because of who he is. Amen. See, now I know what I can expect. Now I know what I can put my hand to. Now I know what I can think about and why, because I know him. This is who he is. And because of that, this is what he's going to do because of who he is. And has nothing to do with me. Does that help? Yes. All right. So let's look at this. So we're going to read the story, Genesis chapter 22. We're just going to take our time through this. Everybody say, Brad, take your time. Brad, Amen. I'm trying to take take my time here. So it says in verse one, so now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham. Now, again, I want to talk about this real quick because it says God will test us. Right now, what that is and we're going to see is will we believe who he is? That is God's test. That is God's test. Mm -hmm. He's going to ask us to do things that are going to demonstrate to us who he is. Yes. And it's going to be, will you do this? Because we're getting to know one another. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. You know, we do that with our our kids all the time. Will you go do this? Will you go to the store? Right? 
Why? Because we're getting, I'm, I'm testing you. Mm -hmm. Did you listen? Did you do? But it's, but you're knowing who I am. Does this make sense? Maybe that's a bad analogy. I don't know. But it says, so God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham. Now notice this next phrase. It says, and Abraham said, here, here I, I am. am. And so for today in your Bible, I want you to underline, circle that phrase. I've done it because it's going to repeat, <laughs> right? Abraham consistently says, here, here I, I am. am. Amen. Amen. Believing has a here I am attitude with it. Lord, here I am. So he says, here I am. Then God said in verse 2, take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men or his servants with him, and Isaac his son, and they split the wood for the burnt offering, and they arose and they went to the place that God had told them. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and he saw the place afar off. And so Abraham said to the young men, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship and we will come back to you. Now, again, just for notes, just as you guys know how I like to do. So in reading this, again, um, everything is about preparing and, and doing. So God said, do this. God said, take your son and you're going to offer him as a burnt offering, right? So Abraham began to act on what he knew. He began to do. They, they split wood. They got ready to do an offering, right? Faith prepares. Faith has action. Guys, listen, I want to say that this is important. As we read through the story, whatever God has told you to do, just start doing it. Yes. Does that mean... Just, if that's, again, that's part of the test, right? Part of the test is God saying, Abraham, here I am. Always that available attitude. Lord, here I am. What you want me to do? I want you to take your son, your only son, the one you love. I want you to offer him up as a sacrifice to me. And Abraham goes, okay. I'll be glad to. Then Abraham immediately turns and starts chopping wood. He starts doing something towards it. Now, notice, now again, this is a, remember, this is a whole story we're trying to tie to um, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. Abraham is walking with God, and he's walking with God based on who he is and knowing that God will reward him based on who God is. Because by this time, Isaac is here. Abraham is fully persuaded right. in who God is. Yes. That the one who promised was able. Yes. Does that make sense? Now, notice this, and we're going to look at this. So it says in verse 5, So Abraham said to this young man, Stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship. And what does it say? We mm -hmm. will come back to you. Who is the we? Isaac and Isaac and Abraham. Abraham. Now, do you notice? So Abraham says, "Okay, God, I'll do it." He goes and he's moving in that direction. He's preparing. He turns to the two servants and says, "Hey, you know, watch the car." <laughs> I don't know if they were in a bad part of town or not, but he says, "Hey, watch the car." Right? Me and Isaac are going over there. And me and Isaac are going to return. That's right. 
Yes. Now, what was he going to go do to Isaac? Offering him. He was going to go kill him. So why did Abraham say, we are going to return? That's right. So go to Hebrews. Keep your finger here. Go back to Hebrews chapter 11. Sorry, I should have given you a fair warning on the flip-flop. We will probably do some of that in this as we look. Hebrews chapter 11. Huh? He believed. This is what scripture, Hebrews chapter 11. And it says in verse 17, so by faith, right? So Abraham, again, has come to God. He knows who God is. He knows what God is going to do. He knows that God is able to do things that he promised. And it says, so by faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said, in Isaac, your, she your seed will be called. Verse 19, and if you haven't done this, underline this in your Bible. Verse 19, concluding. Concluding what? Concluding that God was able to raise him up even from the dead. Mm -hmm. From which also he had received him in a figurative sense. Yes, amen. So do you see Abraham's faith? Based on who God is, yes, God has showed up and said, I want you to kill him. And Abraham says, sure. Because his natural conclusion was God. I know you. You're the one who is able. You're the one who made the promise. You're the one who will perform it. And again, he, I was dead when the boy got here. Mm -hmm. So this boy was born from a place of death. If you want to bring him back from the dead a second time, you can do it. Yes, that's right. But I love that. Listen to that language in Hebrews. That was just Abraham's natural conclusion. Oh, if God said kill him, it must mean he's just going to raise him up from the ashes. He's just going to raise him up after I kill him and burn him. Because God said, not from one of my kids will all the, but from this one, yes. all the nations of the earth will be blessed. So his, guys, listen, how will, I mean, think, have you, think that's the relationship Abraham had with God. Yes. He just had this natural conclusion. Oh God, because of who you are, this must be what you mean. Amen. Amen. Because you're the one who brought Isaac to me, you're the promise keeper. You're the one who performed the miracle to begin with. Because I, mean, I don't know if y'all have ever heard that story. You know, I've heard it over the years that like Abraham like struggled. Like, you know, preachers get kind of all exaggerative, you know, and they're up we there. Like and the dramatization. We like the drama of this. And so hey, there's Abraham and he must be sweating and he's just, this is my boy and I don't know. And he's all just worrying and fretting and, and I don't, you know, and it was a struggle. And then somewhere along the way, Isaac kind of gets a clue what's going to happen. <laughs> and, 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 and it's like getting everybody's all nervous and, and Abraham's constantly kind of, okay, God. When you read this, Abraham had a confidence in who God was. 
that I don't even think it was a second thought. And then apparently Isaac had it because he didn't struggle. He just, Abraham ties his son and he lays him up on the altar. And Isaac is, I think, in there with his dad going, oh, this would be cool. I'm going to get to die. And I'm going to get to come back to life. This would be fun. Know that. Keep reading. Oh, he didn't know it. Just. Oh, yeah. As you read this, let's read. Do the dramatization. I'm not doing the dramatization. Okay. Thank you. So let's keep reading. So it says here, verse six. So Abraham took the wood and the burnt offering and laid Isaac his son on it, and he took the fire in his hand and the knife, and the two of them went together. Right. They laid the wood on his son, but Isaac spoke to him and said, "My father," and others, and he said, "Here I am, son." Can I love that one more time? Abraham had this. Here I am. Guys, listen, faith is very much in the present moment. Right? Mm -hmm. Real living faith is in the here I am. I am right here. Then he said, look, the fire in the wood, but where is the lamb? And Abraham said, my son, God will provide. So you're right. So Isaac apparently didn't have a clue, but apparently trusted his daddy enough. Well, all he heard was, oh, dad told the servants he and I are going to go worship and he and I are coming back. So he didn't know anything other know anything. than that. But, no, but listen, verse 9 again. Abraham said, my son, God will provide. Mm -hmm. Right? For himself the lamb for a burnt offering. And the two of them went together. And they came to the place which God told them. And Abraham built an altar there, placed the wood in order, bound Isaac his son, laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And now notice verse 11. And the angel of the Lord then called to him from heaven and, and said, Abraham, Abraham. And what did Abraham respond? Here I am. Because that really jumped out to me when I was reading this again. Here, here's why. Abraham was constantly listening for yes. what was being said in the moment. Yes, amen. He was constantly aware. Here I am, God. I'm listening for you. Yes. Here I am. And, and I heard, I was actually listening to Bill Johnson this week, and he was talking about this, and it kind of jumped out at me. He said this, he said, how many Isaacs have been killed? Because we didn't listen the second time. <laughs> because I know uh, many believers would go, well, God said, past tense. Mm -hmm. But remember, faith doesn't come by what was said. Faith comes by what hearing. he is saying. Hearing. In the present hearing. Yes. Y'all see See, Abraham always had this, here I am. Yes. Here I am. I, I'm, I'm in this moment walking with you. I'm approaching you. I'm coming to you, God, based on who you are and what you will do based on who you are. So then God says, kill him. Abraham's conclusion is, this is who God is. So God must going to raise this boy up from the dead. And he just begins to walk that out. And while he's listening in there, because Abraham does not know this is a test. Exactly. <laughs> That's one thing. There was no little, you know, what is that like national? This was nothing, this came, nothing came across his phone going, you know, this is a, a heavenly test system. This is just a test. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, Abraham is just walking out. Lord, this is who you are. Yes. 
And because of who you are, right, I am going to respond in life to who you are. Yeah. Amen. Does that make sense? Guys, listen, I mean, to kind of, for time to get this real practical, right? I mean, again, so much of our faith walk is just like that. Will you worship me right now? It's a test. Again, Paul in, in Philippians, right? Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, will you? But God, I don't feel like worshiping right now. I don't. It's a test. Will you, will you worship anyway? Does that make sense? Or God prompts you to, again, what? go talk to somebody. Hey. Yeah. Right. Or God says, hey, why don't you give this? Or God says, hey, why don't you pray about that? Or, hey, why don't you hang in? And there's these constant relational things that, and, and, and the test isn't a, let's see if you will do a good job. Right. The test is, do you know who I am? Right. Do you see the shift in that? The the test for Abraham here, the test wasn't, will you actually do it only? The test was, is Abraham, do you know who I am? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you believe who I am? And then let's keep reading it, and we're going to get there. And it says, so... And I have to say this, so they came to the place, and, and, and this is just, to me, this always speaks to me. Do you understand that God led Abraham to a specific place? And that place is the place we call Calvary. When you actually look at what it was, right, exactly. and God was leading Abraham into the mountains of Moriah, he literally takes Abraham to the exact spot where later... Jesus will be offered up by God. That's right. Mm -hmm. Amen. So you have to understand that there's a lot going on in this one story that God is setting up in the background and and, and what's coming. And it says in verse 12, so the angel said, do not lay a hand on, on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. I might add like this, God's saying, hey, listen, now I know that you know me. Yes. Yes. Amen. <laughs> right. And now I know that you know who I am. And Abraham lifted his eyes and he looked and behold, there was a ram caught in the thicket by its horns. And so he went and he took the ram and he offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. Now notice this. And Abraham then named the place Jehovah Jireh. And there's the first name of God. That that, that first name is, is he is Jehovah, the God that will provide. Right? So who is God for us? Guys, listen. He is our provider. Amen. Amen. And again, listen. He will provide. He will provide whatever is needed in your life. God will provide it. Amen. But notice... But and he guaranteed it because he provides it from the place of the cross. So it was kind of like a twofold thing. Abraham was, yes, he was calling God Jehovah Jireh, 
But he was saying, hey, listen, because I experienced Jehovah Jireh in this place, in this place called Calvary, in this place where the cross would be, from this place, God will provide. Amen. Amen. Mm, so much that we can say, and we'll come back. For, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 8, and we're going to land the plane here. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. And we're going to go to verse 9. And it says this. It says, well, actually, verse 8. Paul says, I speak not by commandment, but I'm testing the sincerity of your love by the diligence of others. And, and again, if you listen, I put a, a video out this week that unpacks us a little bit more about giving because this is the two chapters where the New Testament teaches us about giving. But in the middle of these two chapters is this verse. Verse 9, for you know. Everybody say no. No. Know what? Know him. <laughs> for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. Where did Jesus do that? Was it, was it, well, not your question. So where did Jesus know poverty? Mm -mm. He only knew it in one place. On the cross. So again, here, again, that, now for time, so I, I, let me, I'll unpack that. Y'all understand that, again, it says here, Paul says, for you know, through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, who was the he there? Jesus. Jesus. So Jesus was rich. And again, just if you just took it at face value, what does that mean? Jesus was rich. Yeah. He had more than enough. And I know I've heard all okay, well, no, that meant Brad, he was spiritually rich. He was rich in revelation. He was rich in no, no, no. If we just read the Bible, if we just Paul says Jesus was rich. In this life, Jesus was, I mean, if we just review it real quick. Right? Day he was born, what happens? Or two years after the day he is born. Remember in the Christmas story? Who came to visit Jesus? The wise men. Now, you know, there weren't just three of them. And it wasn't like, because again, it wasn't three wise men who stopped by the Dollar General on the way, on the way to the manger going, oh, yeah, we're supposed to bring a present. <laughs> nothing out here in the middle of the desert but this DG. So we're going to stop over at the DG and, and get him some stuff, get him some Christmas trees from Little Debbie and get him, you know, I mean, you know, and they were saying there were multiple wise people that came and they brought gifts, plural. I mean, enough that they could flee to New York City, which was Egypt. Mm-hmm live without having to work till they could come back and set up a family business and operate out from there. And Je again, Jesus apparently had clothes nice enough 
that Roman soldiers didn't want to cut them into patches so they could patch up. They said, no, this, this is nice enough that we gamble for it. Mm-hmm. Now, again, I don't know about y'all, but nobody went to the thrift store and bought clothes and then went to Las Vegas <laughs> and said, hey, listen, I ain't got no money, but I got these really nice clothes I got from the thrift store. Mm-hmm. Right. Can we... So if you look through Jesus's life, again, Jesus had enough money that he needed somebody to keep it, whose name was Judas. And apparently there was enough of it there that Judas could steal from it and nobody suspected. Like I heard one preacher say, you know, if Jesus had four quarters and Judas just took one. You'd know it. Somebody's going to go. We missing a quarter. Right. So. So listen, so in this life, Jesus, that's not the point of this message. Jesus was rich, but at the cross, which was the place where God took Isaac and later took Jesus and at the cross, he emptied all of his earthly wealth and literally hung naked between heaven and earth impoverished more than any of us will ever know. Yes. Right? I mean, you and I may get down close to broke every now and then, right? But ain't none of us hanging naked on a tree, being rejected by God from above and being rejected by everybody else down here while they look at your nakedness. Right? So he was completely destitute on the cross. Why? So that it could be just what, like God, so that from this place, I will provide everything. <laughs> Amen. This, see, that's Amen. why we say he is provider. God will take care of us. Amen. That's why Jesus can say in confidence, hey, I just need you to focus on kingdom stuff. Will you focus on preaching the gospel? Will you focus on getting the message of the kingdom out there? Righteousness, peace, and joy. Will you invest your life into seeing the work that I've done go into the earth? Why? Because I am the provider. I don't need you to focus about providing. I need you to focus about the kingdom. Does that make sense? Amen. Does that help? I mean, guys, listen. But I want to know him so well that again, he will provide. He will. Now, again, and we'll talk in for time's sake, not today, but we'll talk how he can do, does that. But at the front end, before I can tell you about, I think that that's what we do in church world, right? Is we always start with the how. And I love what Brother Miles Monroe said years ago. Listen, guys, if how to's were enough, we'd all be skinny, rich, and happy. (laughs) If all I had to do was tell you how to do it, then it'd be a... But it's not about the how-to, it's about the who. It's about coming to him and saying, Lord, you said you're Jehovah Jireh. You said you are the God who will provide And you said, and I will provide for all man, for all time, from one place called Calvary. And then you came, emptied all richness out, 
took all poverty on you, just like you took all sin on you. Yes. Then you died poor. And just as you made me your righteousness, you then poured heaven's richness into me. Amen. Yes. Amen. Why? Because you're provider. Yes. So when you when you sit there and say, Brad, will you go do? I can say, yep, I'll go do that. Yes. I'll be glad to go do. Why? Because you're a provider. Yes. This, I mean, you'll, you'll take, and if you have to do miraculous things like raise somebody up from the dead. I mean, again, and in my brain, I don't know how it works. I mean, I've heard it different ways. I mean, or whether miraculously a goat appears in a bush yes. out of nowhere. Or whether that goat was journeying from a different direction while I was journeying this way. <laughs> I don't really care how the goat got there. Right? <laughs> if the goat got there miraculously or if the goat got there naturally, I look around and go, look what God did. Yes. God put a goat right there. I don't know how he put a goat right there, but there it is. Yes. I think I'll just go kill that thing. Why? Because. Amen. Amen. Because he is the God that provides. Mine is, Lord, this is who you are. This is what you will do for me because of who you are. Now, like Abraham, I say, here I am. What do you want me to do? Here I am, Lord. What, what, what is it that you're, what, what is it? And, and again, guys, listen, and we'll talk me. What is the job you want me to do? whether it's a natural job or whatever, what is it? Lord, you're asking me to do something here. I am right now in this present moment here. I am right. Mine is to just go, Lord, what are you asking me to do? And therefore, because you're Jehovah Jireh, whatever you've asked me to do, Lord God, you're going to, you're going to cause it to provide for me. You're going to cause it to be abundant for me. You're going to cause it to do more than I know. Does that make sense? Amen. 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 So guys, listen. So, so Lord, we just come to you in Jesus' name. Hmm. And guys, I just want you just here in this moment, just as we're here, just do that. Lord, here I am. Lord, what are you asking of me? And I want that to be our heart prayer this morning. Lord, what are you asking of me? Right? Whatever that is. And again, and don't discount. I mean, don't. I mean, it may be. I mean, sometimes I think it has to be. We think it has to be super duper or spectacular. But guys, listen, if it's if it's small, if it's whatever, just Lord, what are you asking me? What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? Again, in, in whatever area where Lord, what do you want? And just because this is who you are. Hmm. Lord, because we talked about it this morning and and you are our provider. Again, if if you're here today or you're watching later, um, and you're like, man, okay, I need some material stuff in provision, then I'm gonna ask you to consider, well, what do you want to give? Right. What's God asking you to give? What is God asking you, leading you to donate? Whether, again, it be here at the church, whether it be to another ministry, whether it be to a person, 
God, I'm not going to try to dictate where that goes, but I want you to listen and go, Lord, what do you want me to do? As just a simple, that act of faith. Why? Because you are the provider. Hmm. And I would ask, and if y'all watched the video I made, I said it in there to encourage us to prayerfully go, Lord, how can I excel or increase my giving this coming year? How can, how can I give more to more places, to more people, to more things for the kingdom's sake? Why? Because you are Jehovah Jireh. You will provide. So if that's ringing and resonating with your heart, then just let's take another minute and you just say, God, what is it? What you want me to do? What you want me to put my hand to? What do you want me to give? And like Abraham, just say, Lord, here I am. Here I am to do that today. In Jesus' name, we thank you for it, Father. Amen. Amen. So guys, this week, I want to encourage us to go through and re-look at the story in Genesis and look at...